Welcome to Uncommon Sense, a podcast fostering real conversations about money. This podcast is designed specifically for eager investors who want to get real about money, investing, and winning at their dreams. I'm Jennifer Foster, your host, a former administrative assistant turned American dream leader and investing strategy coach. With over 17 years in the financial services industry, I've witnessed firsthand what worked and sadly what didn't. I'll go backstage each Wednesday, sometimes with friends, to have real, honest, and uncommon conversations about one of the most important and taboo topics, money. My goal is to give you down-to-earth episodes filled with uncommon sense so that you have an opportunity to discover something new. Be at the edge of your seat as we unleash the possibilities of transforming our thinking and actions so that we can gain confidence and win at our personal financial journey. So let's begin this journey together. Whether you've been around for a while or this is your first time seeing the podcast, let me welcome you and thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast channel, we encourage you to do so. I just thank you so much for all the likes, the shares, the comments. It's really appreciated. It helps keep me going knowing that there's people out there listening that are getting value out of this because this podcast is not about me. It's about you. And on today's show, I'm going to dive into investing lingo. And you might be thinking, oh, boring. And I'm going to do my best to keep it entertaining. But the reason I'm sharing some of the lingo is because when I talk to various investors, I'll ask them, like, what is it that you want to know about investing? And many times they just want to know what it all means. Like, what are all these terms mean? And so, you know, maybe you've been to a party and people start talking about investing and you have no idea what they're talking about. And you want to gain some confidence to join in those conversations And so if you stick around, then that's what I'm going to help you do today. And before you know it, you can be a walking, talking financial ninja. And we have an upcoming American Dream Experience on January 28th. So those of you who are listening now that are registered, this this is so important because I'm going to cover some of the the lingo or the terms that you're you're going to hear um, throughout the American Dream Experience. So this will help you know what we're talking about. And if you haven't ever registered for an American Dream Experience, I'll tell you more about that in um, at the end of the show. Okay, so I'll get into that in a little bit. So I'm going to read you the definitions and some of them are a little wordy and like, what does this mean? And then I'm going to try to put it in Jennifer terms. I'll do the best I can. Some of these are just they are what they are. But it's important that we understand these common terms. So the first thing is when people talk about their portfolio, what are they talking about? A portfolio is a group of financial assets, such as stocks, bonds, and cash equivalents. As well, these other terms we're not going to dive into today, but they can be um, exchange traded and closed fund counterparts. Portfolios are held directly by investors and or managed by financial professionals. So really in simple terms, it's what are the assets that you own? That's your portfolio. And it can be in 
tons of different um, things that aren't even mentioned here. It could be also in commodities and other things. So that is what they're referring to as a portfolio. What do you own? That's an asset. Then another term that I think investors can often be confused about is what is a stock? It's a very common word. It's a very important word. So what does it actually mean? Well, there are actually two main types of stocks, common stocks and preferred stocks. Now, typically, investors buy common stocks, and that entitles them to um, be able to vote as a shareholder. And if the company issues dividends, that they can receive dividends. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So then there's also preferred stocks. Preferred stocks, they're, they're going to cost more because you have some other benefits here. So you don't actually have voting rights, but a preferred stockholder would have higher claims on assets and earnings than the common shareholder. So what does that mean? For example, an owner in the preferred stock, they receive dividends before a common shareholder would, and they have priority in the event that a company goes bankrupt and has to be li liquidated. So shares of stocks can also be referred to as equity, and we are going to talk about that today as well. But a stock is, well, many of the people listening I know are, are business owners, right? So when a company is formed, the owner or owners are considered shareholders. If a private or public company wants to take on investors to expand the company, they can sell shares of the company to raise capital. That's what they use to expand the company, right? And the shares are called stocks. Now, depending on the type of stock, it may be sold on exchanges such as NASDAQ and the New York Stock, stock Exchange through individuals called stock brokers. So I'm sure you've heard the term NASDAQ and New York Stock Exchange. So that's one place or one way that stocks are exchanged. Stocks are also known as equities or securities. And we're going to talk about equities in just a moment. But I want you to just know that stocks can be also referred to as equities or securities. And at the American Dream Experience, you're going to hear the term equities quite often. A stock represents the ownership stake of a corporation. And for many investors, these are small fractions. So what it means is the stock is your representation of what you own in that company. And typically, investors only own a small fraction of the company. Um, you probably are going to own 10% of a company. It would be you know, very expensive to do that. And you know, most people are more diversified, so they have a much smaller um, proportion of ownership in a company. And as a stockholder, you do not walk into Walmart and say, hey, do this, do that. You're not involved in the daily running of the business. And thank goodness, right? Because this is what can be known as like passive income. You invest in it, you leave it alone, you don't worry about it, let the business run itself. They've hired managers and all that stuff. They're going to do what they got to do. But you do, like I mentioned, have some rights. You can also vote if you're a common stockholder. And as a shareholder, 
you make money in a number of different ways. So two ways that you make money in stock ownership is through one, what's called capital gains. Capital gain is the difference between what you bought the stock for and what it's worth at any given time should you sell it. So if you bought the stock for $5 and it's currently worth $10 and you sell it, then your capital gain is approximately $5. Of course, there's going to be trading costs and all, but keep it simple. Your capital gain would be $5. So that's one way in which investors make money is through the gain of the stock. And typically, and the hope is that the stock price goes up over time. Um, and there, you know, you're going to take on some risk and we'll talk about that in a minute, but that is one way that you make money. Another way is that some companies pay their shareholders out of their profits in the form of what is called dividends for common shareholders. These are not guaranteed. So for a lot of shareholders, they buy common stock. These are not guaranteed and the amount of the dividend is decided on by the board of directors, which has the freedom to change the amount of the dividend. And just like any hardworking business owner, there is a chance that you will not always make money. In fact, you can lose all of your money that you invested and any previous gains. This is why diversification is so important. So, that's what a stock is. Those are ways that you make money in stocks. Now, we did see in here that stocks can be also referred to as equities. And again, I said equities is going to be a term that you're going to hear very often at the American Dream Experience. So when you're at the American Dream Experience and you hear the, the term equities, we're going to be referring to stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, index funds, structured index funds, any type of equity. So a stock or any other security representing an ownership interest is considered an equity. Now, we're going to talk about two different things here. We're going to talk about ownership and loanership. So like we just said, when you buy a stock, you have ownership stake in a company. In terms of investment strategies, equities, i.e. stocks, is one of the principal asset classes. Now, I'm going to talk about asset classes in a moment. The other two are fixed income, i.e. bonds, and cash or cash equivalents. These are used in asset allocation, which we're going to talk about, planning to structure a desired risk and return profile for an investor's portfolio. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. So equities are ownership interest in a company, right? And there are different asset classes, which we're going to get into between ownership and loanership. And then we use ownership and loanership to construct a portfolio or profile for an investor based on their desired risk return preferences. So we'll get into that in just a second as well. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. The next term that you're going to hear often when it comes to investing or even at the American Dream Experience is fixed income. Fixed income is a type of investing or budgeting style for which real return rates or periodic income is received at regular intervals at reasonably predictable levels. Fixed income budgeters and investors 
are often one and the same, typically retired individuals who rely on their investments to provide a regular stable income stream. This demographic tends to invest heavily in fixed income instruments because of the reliability of the returns that they offer. So that's the definition. Now let's simplify this. So a fixed income is going to be something that you are, it's loanership dollars. So you're loaning money, and I'm going to give you an example of that in just a minute, loaning money, and in return, you're expecting a periodic income stream. And if you're retired, sometimes you'll take that as income to supplement your income. Or if you're younger and you're not taking an income stream yet, those interests, payments that you usually come out each quarter would be reinvested so that your money is making money, right? So it's called compounding. So one way we see fixed income is through bonds. Bonds is a debt instrument in which investors loan money to an entity that can be a corporation or government that borrows your funds for a defined period of time. Okay, so it could be a year, five years, whatever the time period, and at a fixed interest rate. So they'll say, we're going to pay you 5% or 3% or whatever the percentage is. Bonds are then used by the companies, municipalities, states, the U.S. and foreign governments to finance and uh, just a variety of projects or activities, right? So we hear a lot about the U.S. debt. We sell a lot of bonds to foreign governments because they believe that we will pay our interest payments on time and pay them back the bond price when it comes due. Bonds are commonly referred to as fixed income securities and are one of the three main asset classes, and we're going to again talk about asset classes, along with stocks and cash equivalents. So once again, bonds are loanership. Bonds tend to have a lower expected return rate than that of stocks, equities, because they are less risky, because they are backed by government and corporates that they will pay back their interest rate. Um, Of course, bonds, those companies can go into default, but the default rate is, is pretty low on them. So they are typically considered a safer investment. So I've alluded to talking about asset class or asset category, and they this is a very common term in investing and will be discussed at the American Dream Experience. So an asset class is a type of investment such as a stock, a bond, real estate, or cash. So it's just a class of or category of investments. They also can include commodities and options and all different other types of um, categories, right? So there are different types for it, but these are the main ones that you we will be referring to. Now, that's asset class, a class or category, but then there's asset allocation. And at the American Dream Experience, we will dive into how a portfolio's assets are allocated and what are the risks and benefits. So asset allocation is an investment strategy that aims to 
or its aim is to balance risk and reward by, you know, diversifying a portfolio's assets according to the individual's goals. We want to take into consideration their risk tolerance and their investment time horizon. The three main asset categories or classes, again, are equities, fixed income, and cash and equivalents. And they have different levels of risk and return, so each will behave differently over time. That is one way we see diversification is that these And we'll talk about correlation in another episode and as well at the American Dream Experience. But these, again, have different levels of risk, so they're going to behave differently at different times. Another term that you're going to hear at the American Dream Experience is the efficient frontier, also known as the Markowitz efficient frontier. Harry Markowitz won a Nobel Prize in the 90s for his genius work. I say that because they didn't have computers that could run his calculations to prove his math was correct for years, 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 years later, right? So he didn't actually win the Nobel Prize until 1991 when the computers could confirm his math. But basically, the efficient frontier is a line created from a risk-reward graph. So this is a graph comprised of optimal portfolios. So it is a line graph, and on one side, it has what is the expected annualized return of an investment, and then across the bottom is what is its standard deviation. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but it is a measurement of risk, but we'll talk about that a little bit deeper. So on this graph, you can design portfolios to fall on a line mathematically to be optimized. So that's what the efficient frontier is. So I mentioned standard deviation. So on this efficient frontier, there is a standard deviation. I say in simple terms, on a scale of 1 to 20, how risky is your investment? So that's how I help people understand this. But the actual definition is that a standard deviation is the measurement of this dispersion of a set of data from its mean. Okay, so if you like math, you're going to understand all of this. And if you don't, don't worry, we're going to break it down in Jennifer terms. The more spread apart from the data, the higher the deviation. Standard deviation is calculated as the square root of variance. See, this gets complicated unless you're a math major. In finance, standard deviation is applied to the annual rate of return of an investment to measure the investment's volatility. Standard deviation is also known as historical volatility, and it is used by investors to gauge for the amount of expected volatility. Okay, so like I said, on a scale of 1 to 20, how risky is this investment? And like it says, that the these the word deviate, right? Deviation, deviate is like, okay, this is the expected return. This is the expected volatility, but can it deviate from its expected? Yes. And how much can it deviate from this? And that's where these data points and, and from the mean, what they're talking about is the higher the risk, the higher it can deviate from its mean, right? 
So that is volatility, right? So it gauges the amount of expected volatility, which brings us to our next term, which is volatility. Volatility is a statistical measure of the dispersion of return for a given security or market index. Okay, so how much risk does this security or index have? How much does it deviate from what its expected return is? Volatility can either be measured by using the standard deviation or variance between returns from that same security or market index. Commonly, the higher the volatility, the riskier the security. So that is volatility. How much can it go up and how much can it go down? Like we said, stocks, highly volatile. Bonds, fixed instruments, those are less volatile. So those are the terms that I wanted to cover today. And many of these we are going to be discussing or you're going to hear a lot about at the American Dream Experience. And for those of you who have never heard of an American Dream Experience, you're like, what does she keep talking about this American Dream Experience? Well, let me tell you a little bit about this two-day and an evening course. Exploration into something that we often don't discuss, and that can be your family's financial future. And at the American Dream Experience, you may alter your relationship to money and investing in a way that leaves you and those you care about powerfully pursuing your dreams. Because ultimately, isn't that what we're working for? I mean, you work 40 plus hours and how many years of your life? It's for your dreams, for us to fulfill on now and in the future. That you have an opportunity to discover what's your true purpose for your money. And you have an opportunity to see what we call the Wall Street bullies. So what are these Wall Street bullies actually costing you? And how can you stand up to them? You also have an opportunity. We've mentioned several times Nobel Prize winning investing strategies. So you get to learn what they are and how to powerfully apply them. And these strategies sometimes are hidden from public view. So we're going to help you uncover them. And you'll have an opportunity to align your investing with your purpose. So what we find is that when people discover their purpose, their purpose is not to speculate and gamble with their life's savings and their family's future. So by utilizing and discovering this approach, they're able to align it with their purpose. And it's something they can use over a lifetime. And you also have an opportunity to discover how investing works so that you can be left with the knowledge to make powerful choices for you, your family, and your future. So if you're interested, if this sounds like something you'd like to be able to explore further, we encourage you to reach out to us. You can call us at 561-744-9516, and we'll help you schedule your American Dream Prep meeting. And we'll be happy to give you all the information that you need to know about attending the next American Dream Experience.